Key here, and today I've got a wonderful guest, Laura Hunter, which she is a successful inventor, and she's launched a product, and we're going to talk all about it. But first of all, let's talk about the product so everybody gets excited about it. It's called the Magnetic Eyeliner. Eyeliner. Magnetic Eyeliner, yes. All right. And we're going to put some videos up so everybody can see. But Laura, tell us what it does because it, I watched the video and it is kind of magical because it just it works is. so nice. So Magnetic Eyeliner, is, it is what it sounds like. It is eyeliner that is also magnetic and you put it on, you let it dry entirely, and then you take little lashes, um, false eyelashes that have small magnets attached to them and they magnetically attach to your eyes instead of using glue so that you can reposition them and put them back on. Once they're on, um, just due to the nature of the magnetic eyeliner, the magnetism draws to each other. The magnetism in the eyeliner and the magnets themselves draw to each other over about the course of 10 minutes or so, and they actually stay on stronger throughout the day. So it's almost like cement. You know how cement, when it cures, the harder it gets over time and pressure? It's the same thing. It actually cures together. So it creates a really strong bond throughout the day. So it's not only magnetic and way easier to put on, but it's actually stronger. So okay. it's really a great product. So you know what I liked about it? You took a, um, there was a problem because I watched this video of people struggling, of women struggling putting the, the lashes on and you made it so easy and they showed it on the video. So we're gonna, we're actually gonna show that video because I think it really looks, bent. it just works. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, let's talk about your journey for just a minute. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because it's never easy, is it? No. Oh my gosh. No. It was easy. Everybody would do it. All it's right. not easy. So let's start at the very beginning. Um, you have a, a way of putting on eyelashes that's very simple. It doesn't require the glue and you can put them on 30 to 100 times. I saw that. Fantastic. So when did you have that aha inspiration to come up with um, this, this idea? I was actually in my car at Sally's Beauty Supply. <laughs> um, so I did hair and makeup. I was a photographer for 25 years and I also flipped real estate as kind of a side thing, but not a lot. And um, so having done photography, I also had to do hair and makeup for my clients. And so I realized over the course of many years that this was just like awful trying to put lashes on people. And it was almost honestly so bad that I would tell people, this is the part where I glue your eyes together. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it'll be fine. I'll fix it. And so over, you know, years, it was just something I, no matter how long I did it, it still wasn't good. And then um, Katie Stoka, she invented sandwiching magnetic eyelashes. So um, for those of you who are not familiar with them, it's two sets of eyelashes that you sandwich magnetically um, with your natural lash in the middle. So basically you have three sets of eyelashes and they're rather heavy because you have two sets of magnets that are literally hanging off of your eyes. And but it made it look really good. And for some people, they did work well. Um, they did not work at all for me. And so I was all excited about trying them on. And when I did, they didn't work. And I was just very frustrated. And I pinched myself and I poked myself in the eye. And they were like, it was just a mess for me. And so um, it, right then, I just thought, you know, if I just had some eyeliner that was magnetic and just stuck this top lash to my skin, it would stay. And that would be so much better. And then I was like, still in my car mind, I was like, wait a minute, that might be a thing. So I started, I'm on my phone in my car looking it up and couldn't find anything even similar. Um, so I thought, well, I'll try it. What the heck? I've got magnetic eyelashes now. <clears throat> so I went to the craft store and the GNC and I bought the things I thought would work. And I went home and I started learning how to make just plain eyeliner. And then um, once I figured out how to make plain eyeliner, which was a hot mess for a while there, let me tell you, 
um, once I figured out how to make a decent eyeliner, then I started working on making it magnetic. And my theory was that I knew I was using ridiculous DIY stuff. <laughs> so the odds of it being great were, you know, kind of slim. And, but I just thought if I could get it to stick magnetically at all, even the tiniest little bit, then if I went out and got the right products and the right cosmetic chemicals and things like that, that normal people use for these things, then I would have the opportunity to make it better. So I just knew if it sticks at all, I have it. That's it. Like it'll change everything. And it stuck. I got it. You know, I, I got it and it stuck. It didn't stick great at first, but it stuck. And I knew right then and there that everything changed period okay. forever. I knew it. How many prototypes did you make to get it? Hundreds, hundreds, so many. So why <laughs> I would make my um, friends come over and glue things with me. It was, yeah, tons. Did you, did you ever want to quit? Nope. <laughs> not for a second. All right. Good. No, for you. I did not. There were so many times when it was so hard and when everything fell apart, and I did not want to quit. I just, I didn't care what it took. I just wanted to push through it. I tell people all the time, do not stop. Do not give up. Do not think about it. Just keep going. All right. So let's move forward. Okay. So you, you figured out, um, you've got some prototypes that probably work pretty darn good at this point. Uh, how do you go into production? I mean, who do you call? What do you do now? I got, I got this prototype. Now what do I do? Right. So um, in my case, and I, you know, everybody's situation will be different. Um, being in cosmetics, I found out that um, even though I was a, you know, an uber user of cosmetics, being a photographer, I was not in any way associated with the, with the cosmetic industry in manufacturing. I knew nothing about it at all. And so um, I thought, you know, I would call somebody and be like, hey, I want you to make my eyeliner. And they'd be like, okay, you know, and that would be that. I would have it made as not the case. Um, in cosmetics, it's different because everybody wants to be the next Kardashians or the next Kylie. You know, everybody thinks they're going to have a makeup line. Every 16-year-old thinks she's going to be an influencer, and they're all calling cosmetic companies oh. and saying, oh, I invented something, when they actually mean they stuck two lipsticks together. Um, so they won't talk to you. They just okay. flat won't talk to you. And so it took me a really long time to even find a lab to help me do the final formulation and start because, okay. you know, it has to get kind of um, antimicrobials and things like that have to be perfect. And that was past, even though I did tons of studying for months, um, I still knew that I had to really get that signed off by a chemist. Okay. And so I couldn't find anybody to do it. And then I finally found a lab and manufacturing facility in New Jersey and they refused to work with, well, they worked with me, but they refused to do what I said. They only wanted to do it their way. And, um, in after a while, I, I'll, the only reason I could think of was just ego. I, I really don't know why they refused to use my actual formulation. And um, so it got to where we needed to be manufacturing because we had already sold product. We pre-sold it and they just wouldn't do it. And I finally just said, listen, do it exactly the way I said. And they told me, um, you're just a soccer mom that made something in her kitchen and you don't understand how things work. Oh no. Yeah. And so I had to start over. And so then I started with Alibaba looking for somewhere in China because I couldn't figure out where else to go. And um, so I ended up after that, because we were already way behind, um, we had sold all this stuff and couldn't manufacture it. So then wait, I ended wait, up trying to- all this stuff. So let's talk a little bit about that because you went on Kickstarter, right? Yes, yes, we had a Kickstarter, yeah. Okay, so and we, people yeah. loved it, orders were coming in. Mm -hmm. Pretty yeah, exciting. Sold, yes, it was very exciting. We sold, um, the Kickstarter stopped at 58,000, but um, when we sent out the Kickstarter, um, 
So after you have a Kickstarter, then you send out emails to everybody saying, you know, it's coming and do you want to order anything else? That's the best practices. And so actually we almost doubled our sales just by sending that email out to the people who'd already purchased. So we ended up with $100,000 in orders instead of 58,000. Okay. Big trick in Kickstarter, by the way, do that. Okay. Um, so we had $100,000 of orders and no product and no manufacturer. <laughs> and so, and we were behind by a couple of months because of it. And so I flew to China in the middle of the night. I, you know, got on Alibaba and just started emailing people and emailing people and emailing people and made them all sign NDAs. It turned, turns out I should have had them sign Chinese NNNs. Figured that out later. Um, but I didn't tell them exactly what it was. I just found someone who was willing to make an unusual eyeliner for me. Okay. And um, so then I flew there and I taught their chemist how to make it, which interestingly took exactly 10 minutes after spending months with these people in New Jersey who just refused to do it. Um, and at that point, then we then everything just started just flying as fast as humanly possible you, once we, we found a manufacturer. But you shipped them fast. I it was about four months. That was pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, that is quick for it is quick for um, for Kickstarter and for finding a manufacturer, especially having to have to do it twice. But from the time we found the Chinese manufacturer to the time we shipped was six weeks. Wow, that's fast. It was that fast. Okay, I mean, congratulations. Insane. Okay, well, let's let's move on real quick. All right. Wow. You do a Kickstarter. You're pretty excited. You get all this money. You fly over to China. You find the manufacturer. <laughs> you're probably thinking, is this going to work? But it does work. So how much, how much, let's talk about your sales today. Because I want to okay. talk about today. How, how, what's your, can you tell about your volume? How many have you sold today? What's the volume? Um, we are, um, we sell about 2,000 per day. And we are at about $25 million in revenue today. Congratulations. In, the last, in, in about a year. That, congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> you did a good job. Thank Let's you. Let's talk about, um, but you've expanded now. Yes, we have. We have two companies. Lashliner was the first company and Tori Bell is the second. They both sell... Um, they both sell the magnetic eyeliner and lash system. Um, I additionally invented magnetic mascara, which is only sold by Tori Bell right now. Um, we have a sales force of about 20,000 women in Tori Bell, mostly women, 99% people. Um, and we just moved into a much larger facility, which is why you see packing boxes behind me and I'm in an empty room because this is my new office. <laughs> and well, there's nothing here yet. Well, congratulations. I mean, you went from seeing a problem to come up with a solution. You're selling a large volume. Kickstarter campaign went fantastic. I mean, this story is amazing. Is there anything you would look, looking back, is there anything you would have done differently? Yes, yes, there is. The number one thing I would have done differently is I would not have had the Kickstarter until I had manufacturing set up so that I could have gotten it out the door faster because the copycats came so fast it was insane. So, you know, I'm still making small batches in my kitchen and, you know, selling it while we're waiting for mass manufacturing. Well, they're already people who are making eyeliner and mascara were able to figure it out once they saw the invention okay. and almost beat us to market. And so I would, I, although Kickstarter is a great idea, I don't think it's a good idea for anybody who truly has an invention that can be stolen. I, it just, it gives people a, a huge head start, And that's where those that's where those people go. They go to Kickstarter and Indiegogo and those kinds of places to find things that they can then steal. Okay. So that's the, that's the one huge mistake I made. Okay. How do you manage financing everything now? Is it hard to do the float game? Because there's a float game. Um, 
I know. Are, okay, yeah, how do you do that? that we don't have, we, it doesn't really affect us because we sold so much so fast that we've always had more coming in than going out. There was probably six months where we did a little bit. Um, and we, so we're on Shopify and um, Shopify, for those of you who don't know, it is a shopping platform. It's an e-commerce shopping platform. And they have a lot of different um, of levels of being on Shopify and, and we're in their enterprise, their highest enterprise level. But even before that, they'll see if you're doing well and they'll actually offer you some funding. Okay. Um, so, and same with PayPal. As a matter of fact, if you take PayPal, they'll see that you have through business, um, business PayPal, they'll you'll have tons of money coming in and they'll see it. And this was before it was tons. This is when we were making, you know, $1,500 a day, not, you know, not 150,000. Okay. And so they, they'll send you little emails that say, Hey, if you need $40,000, here's the terms you can have it. We'll put it in your PayPal account. And so we did that two or three times. Um, with both Shopify and PayPal got very short term loans to pay for product and the terms are great. I mean, it seems kind of like a lot of money, but compared to like hard money or bank loans, it's instant, it's quick. It's not that much. It's cheaper than being on a platform, like, you know, doing a Kickstarter. It actually is a really, really good deal. Good for you. So what are you, what are you doing about the knockoffs? Can you do anything about it? What are you doing? Oh, well, desperately trying to get our patent. Um, we have not had the best experience with, uh, with the patent, um, uh, what an investigator that we have okay. she is not a chemist and so we basically had to go through the entire process and then restart with somebody else who is a chemist they won't let you say this person is unqualified even if they admit they are and um, so right. it's just been a real pain to go through that whole process um, otherwise you know we we're very very active with our we have a great law firm I highly recommend you have a great law firm they you know if you don't fight ever you, you lose the ability to fight. You, the court will no, no longer allow you to. So we have, we send them all cease and desist letters. We put them all on notice. Um, if they're doing something that is outside of just being a knockoff, like copying our product names, things like that, we do takedowns. Um, we have a person that does that eight hours a day. She, that's her job is to do takedowns. And better you got to chase, it's like whack-a-mole, isn't it? You got to chase is, them. It is, absolutely. It's like the world's worst whack-a-mole. And you can't actually get rid of them unless they're until the patent comes out and unless they're doing something bad. Um, we suspect that there's some things that might be happening with the actual uh, manufacturer of the knockoff products. So we're having them all tested also so that we can make sure that if there is anything in there that's inappropriate, um, that we can talk to the FDA, uh, the FDA right. about that. <clears throat> and so that might help too, because ours is safe, but we doubt that theirs is because you know, you're working with metal, you're working with metals on your face. And so, it's very easy for there to be some sort of problem there. You got to make sure you cover all your bases. Laura, thank mm -hmm. you very much for coming on. There's oh. a million questions. I know there is, um, but you gave us kind of a glimpse of what it takes from start to finish. And once again, congratulations. And thank you for sharing everything with our audience. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me.